Good morning and welcome to chapel. My name is Joelle Friesen and I worked at Emanuel Health Center in Normal, Illinois as part of a service inquiry program this past summer. Today, we are highlighting the three inquiry programs, camping, ministry, and service that are offered through campus ministries. This past summer, 15 students, including all of us who you'll see up front this morning, volunteered across the country in church camps, congregations, and service organizations. We were challenged to learn and grow in relation to both faith and vocation and made meaningful relationships with new people and places. We are excited to share a few snapshots of the diversity of our experiences with you this morning, starting with the slideshow you may have watched as you entered. There will be four speakers this morning from the inquiry programs. Lydia Hartman Kaiser, a junior, and Tanner Engel, a sophomore, both worked at Camp Friedenswald in Michigan and will speak about their experiences with the camping inquiry program. Lydia worked as the hospitality coordinator and Tanner was the waterfront director. Eli Studebaker, a junior, was at Hyattsville Mennonite Church near Washington, D.C. as part of ministry inquiry program and will speak about that. And finally, senior Peter Paitko will talk about his time in Hartford, Connecticut at the Catholic Worker House as part of service inquiry program. Please join in prayer. God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we are thankful for moments of learning, connections between people, and places where we notice your presence. May we listen to each other's stories and grow towards greater understanding of you, ourselves, and the world, and may we respond with loving action. Amen. I now invite you to pass the peace, standing and greeting those around you. Good morning. I'm Isaiah Friesen. I'm a senior, and I did the ministry inquiry program this past summer at Belmont Mennonite Church just down the road in Elkhart. Um, I'll be sharing a little passage uh, that was relevant to my experience there. One of the things, one of my questions I had about ministry this summer was why do we worship? Why do we go to church and do this thing on Sunday mornings? And so the answer to that question has a bearing on how we plan a worship service. So I read a book called Preparing Sunday Dinner, which um, used the metaphor of uh, a meal on Sunday as uh, a way of understanding all the different courses, the stages that you want in a complete worship service. So of course that depends on the congregation, but um, the, the main stages in general in a worship service would be, first you would worship, praise God, declare God's greatness, and then next, 
we as a human congregation confess our own imperfections as humans. And then finally, we hear God's word through the scripture and the sermon, and we are sent out afterward to do God's work in the world. Now, I want to weave in a little announcement here. I preached a couple sermons this summer, and one of them I closed with um, how I believe we as Christians are called to respond to the militarized violence happening at Standing Rock right now. And a number of us are going after this chapel service to pray in the newcomer courtyard for Standing Rock. It'll be about 10 minutes and we'll be done in time for class at 11. And so that's not really a hard thing to continue on actually in my mind from what I was um, praying about and studying this summer through the program. Now this scripture is one that I read in the book, uh, Preparing Sunday Dinner, that represents these three stages, worshiping God, confessing our imperfection, being comforted, challenged, and sent out. It's Isaiah 6, 1 to 8, also known as the commissioning of the prophet Isaiah. In the year of the death of King Uzziah, ruler of Judah, I saw Yahweh seated on a high and lofty judgment seat in a robe whose train filled the temple. Seraphs were stationed above, and each of them had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They would cry out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh omnipotent. All the earth is filled with God's glory. The doorposts and the thresholds quaked at the sound of their shouting, and the temple kept filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, I am doomed. I have unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the ruler, Yahweh omnipotent. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding an ember which it had taken with tongs from the altar. The seraph touched my mouth with the ember. See, it said, now that this has touched your lips, your corruption is removed, and your sin is pardoned. Then I heard the voice of the Holy One saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here I am, I said, send me. Good morning, my name is Roxy and I worked this summer with the Camping Inquiry Program at Camp Menescott in Kansas. I'd like to invite you all to stand and sing a couple of camp songs with me. And Hopefully a lot of you may know some of these songs. You may know some actions for these songs. Feel free to do those. Move around as much as you want. Just have some fun with it.
Hello, my name is Lydia Hartman-Kaiser. I'm a junior elementary and special education major from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I'm Tanner Engel. I'm a uh, sophomore nursing major. I'm from Bern, Indiana. The first time you come to camp, everything is new. The routine, the food, the people, the games, the woods. It was nine-year-old Irene's first week at camp, and she was thrilled. Irene's spunk, enthusiasm, and creative ideas were apparent as she experienced the joys of camp for the first time. The third night, after teeth were brushed, late-night giggles were out, and the large daddy long leg in the corner was taken outside, Irene motioned me over to her bed. She whispered to me her feelings of homesickness and admitted to crying herself to sleep for the first two nights. We talked for a while, and after she seemed mostly comforted and sleepy, we crawled into our separate bunks and fell asleep. The next evening, I sat next to Irene at campfire, our worship evening time, our evening worship time, and listened to her sing, her voice bursting with pure love, and I couldn't help but tear up a little. I was so happy to hear her voice rise above the others in an expression of joy. Although it most likely was not connected to anything I had done, I had confidence that despite her homesickness, she would be returning to camp next year, and I smiled. Camp Friedenswald, or the Peaceful Woods in German, is located in Cassopolis, Michigan, about 40 minutes north of Goshen. Friedenswald mi Friedenswald's mission is to provide people of all ages the opportunity to grow in relation with relationship with God, self, others, and nature. It is a place that has been integral in both of our lives as we both anticipated returning to the sights, smells, and sounds and experiences of camp each summer growing up. Having been such a positive and meaningful experience for us, we didn't hesitate when we had the opportunity to serve on rotational staff one summer and leadership staff this past summer. I personally have had a long history with Camp Friedenswald. I've been attending camp since I was born. Um, it's a place where I personally find peace when it, within myself, and I think, Lydia, uh, you find this to be true too, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, as cheesy as it sounds, I truly believe that camp is a place where everyone can find a sense of belonging, and this is why I was drawn to the role of hospitality staff care coordinator. Um, my role this past summer consisted of a bunch of different responsibilities, but I saw primar my primary responsibility as um, fostering a culture of hospitality and safety among both the summer staff and the campers. One of my goals was to form relationships with the staff and build community, and as part of this I prepared the staff lounge trying to make it a welcoming space um, for the summer staff to relax, and I also shared leadership in facilitating a staff discussion session on how we as a staff want to relate to each other this summer, and um, I believe that the strong foundation of trust, humility, and teamwork set in place by our staff agreement um, truly was essential to the tremendous supportive community that developed among the staff and the tremendous ways that they engaged with the campers throughout the summer. I also co-planned and co-led a counselor training session with the program director. This included subjects centered around how to best care for our campers with higher needs or behavioral problems, um, appropriate consequences, cabin agreements, homesickness, and general camper counselor, counselor interaction. As a way of engaging staff and caring for their needs, I did weekly check-ins with all of the female counselors, and this provided an opportunity for them to voice camper concerns and personal thoughts. 
And one of my other goals this summer was to develop skills in accommodating for the needs of campers with disabilities. Um, and counselor meetings let me kind of see where I could be helpful in working more directly with those campers to meet their specific individual needs. Many solutions simply involved pulling up a chair next to a camper who was sitting alone or taking a walk with them and listening to them and validating their feelings. The story I shared about Irene earlier helped me to remember to look for the moments of joy in the days of struggling campers and to help them recognize those joyful moments throughout the day, whether it was getting muddy in the swamp, eating grasshopper pie, or just singing. I would also help the campers develop solutions and options for the next time they feel homesick, angry, or excluded. This work tested my ability to think creatively as I searched for potential solutions, but it was definitely rewarding. A couple other smaller project, projects I worked on were the Compliment Box and Owl Buddies. Friedenswald staff, you know what I'm talking about. Um, these were both ways to encourage and support each other um, as a staff throughout the week. And so these helped in some ways, but I think a strength of our staff overall was our ability to naturally support and encourage one another. And every one of the 24 staff members had unique abilities that contributed to the functioning of the group as a whole, and that was really cool to see. Everyone truly cared for each other and lifted each other up, even in challenging weeks. The Camping Inquiry Program is not only a wonderful way to invest your time in something you're passionate about, but it's also an experience in which you can be challenged and discover new things about yourself and create meaningful relationships. Um, so I always thought water was pretty cool, so I kind of decided to become the waterfront director uh, for camp, because, um, you know, who wouldn't want to drive boats around during the day and like get a cool tan, you know, it was pretty nice. Um, so I had worked there before and I knew like kind of the responsibilities of like the waterfront director and I always had, as a camper, looked up to the waterfront director because they were always the fun person that would run around with like squirt guns and like shoot kids in the face with water, you know. R responsible adult fun. Um, so I, I decided this year that I would uh, be the waterfront director. Um, and so I would go out and I would basically be a lifeguard. Um, and I mean, there's more responsibilities than that, but uh, it was a really fun um, experience. and. I uh, went out there and I would, um, I would basically uh, watch the kids play and interact with each other and really get a sense of how much of a strong relationship that they were building with each other as the week would go on. So you might see some kids at the beginning of the summer or at the beginning of the week kind of swimming around by themselves and then at the end of the week they'd have a group of like 12 kids all playing the same game, enjoying each other and having one of the best times of their life. And it was just a really inspiring moment in uh, that aspect. Um, uh, I was also part of the leadership staff. Um, so my role was kind of similar to Lydia's in ensuring that the camper, the camp staff would get along and have uh, a great experience and be able to make a great experience for the campers as well. Um, 
So when I joined CIP, I made it clear that one of my goals going into the summer was to become better at listening to others and being able to facilitate healthy uh, discussion. Um, and that was something that I felt like I really improved on um, because I wasn't super great at it at the beginning of, uh, of my time coming into college. Um, and I think working, working this summer, I learned a lot about myself and how to relate to others. And that was something that I really, really cherished about this summer. Um, I also worked in some of the, some of the similar ways uh, that Lydia did, um, being able to help counselors with their cabin and being able to engage those children that may be having a difficult week. And I also helped uh, the counselors be able to uh, go back to the, our rooms and take uh, showers, which was, which was pretty nice for them. I think uh, Aiden appreciated that being able to get all the dirt off him from that day or uh, get the swamp off him, that was uh, pretty nice. Um, I love Camp Friedenswald and I know a lot of people um, love their camps as well. So if you worked as a camp staff, uh, would, you, would you stand up? Um, anyone who's worked as, at, at a camp in, I at don't know. At any point. At any point, yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, I know you people know it's, uh, yeah. Um, working at a summer camp is a lot of hard work and uh, dedication to uh, helping kids. Um, but it's, it's one of the best times in, uh, in my life, at least. Um, and it's something that I'll always remember. Um, so if you want to work at a camp like uh, those awesome people that just stood up, um, I strongly recommend applying for the Camping Inquiry program um, because, fun fact, you get a scholarship and scholarships are always nice. I don't, I don't know about you people, but I like, I like having money and college funds. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, I strongly recommend applying to the Camping Inquiry program. Thank you. Thanks. I'm Monica Miller. I'm a junior music education major. I did ministry inquiry program this summer at Kern Road Mennonite in South Bend. Would you all take your blue hymnals and turn to number 395. Here I am, Lord, number 395. We will do verses 1 and 3.
I am a junior Bible major. And this summer, I participated in the Ministry Inquiry Program. I spent the summer at Hyattsville Mennonite Church, which is in Maryland, right outside of D.C. Several other Goshen students participated in Ministry Inquiry this summer, and they were in various places around the country. Um, like the other Inquiry programs, Ministry Inquiry is a program students from all the Mennonite Education Association colleges can participate in. Um, Students who participate in Ministry Inquiry are placed in Mennonite congregations and work in various capacities throughout the summer. Um, it's pretty open-ended. There are lots of different things that you can use Ministry Inquiry to do. Um, so last year when I was trying to figure out what MIP really was and whether or not I wanted to participate in it, there were many times when I asked the question, well, what do you even do on Ministry Inquiry? No one could really answer this question, and they would say things like, well, you do ministry, you can preach, lead songs. I sort of shrugged this slightly unsatisfactory answer off and decided that since I was interested and no one could really give me a good solid answer, I should find out for myself. Um, later on when I announced what I would be doing this summer, um, everyone started asking me the same question. Well, what exactly will you be doing? Fast forward several months, and one of the coordinators of Allegheny Mennonite Conference, the conference that Hyattsville is a part of, um, had asked if I and the other MIP student in the conference were willing to speak briefly at the gathering in August. This opportunity brought the question of what ministry really is back into my mind again. This time I had more experience and hopefully some answers. At conference, I talked a lot about how ministry is more than just Sunday mornings. It's more than just um, these mountaintop spiritual moments. You have to send emails, meet with members of the congregation and community, find people to read scripture, and do a lot of everyday organizational work. Um, as a ministry inquiry, program intern, I led worship, um, which involved a lot of sending emails and looking for people to read, to do confessions, those sorts of things. I preached, dealt with a lot of writer's block, volunteered, and led vigils. But ministry to me is about something more than just the day-to-day -day as well, even though there's a lot of that um, and your week fills up kind of quickly. My summer was definitely very defined by the relationships and connections I made both at Hyattsville, in the broader DC area, and in the broader church. I could probably talk for hours about all of the beautiful people that I met this summer with so many different stories. Um, Hyattsville is full of lots of wonderful people. Um, over the summer, I really connected well with the pastoral team that I worked with. Um, Michelle, the associate pastor, and Cindy, the lead pastor at Hyattsville, were both wonderful mentors, and their hospitality was huge to me. Um, over the summer, they both became people I could ask my questions about ministry and theology to, people that I could have conversations with, um, and just, I connected really well. And I know that's not everyone's experience on ministry inquiry, but I was blessed with that. Um, 
I also connected with quite a few members of the congregation, and I don't have enough time to talk about who made an impression on me this summer at Hyattsville, but the conversations I had with them at church, over lunch, and during afternoon coffee won't be things I forget very easily. I also had the opportunity this summer to volunteer at the International Guest House in DC, and if you're ever in DC, the International Guest House is a really neat place to stay. Um, it's a nonprofit um, bed and breakfast kind of um, living situation that uh, is owned by the Allegheny Mennonite Conference. And I met a lot of really interesting people there. Um, a woman from Italy stayed for several weeks in July. I met a family from China who told me about their home, about moving to Hong Kong to raise their children, and their hopes to move to America. I met a man from Ethiopia who talked to me about his religion and how um, people from the African continent are often marginalized and not paid attention to. I met a fellow volunteer who had done MCC work in Bolivia and had so many interesting stories to tell. And there were so many other people at the guest house with so many different experiences. Their stories made the house a place of hospitality and welcome. In addition to all of the connections I made at Hyattsville and in DC, Michelle, the associate pastor, was able to help me connect with another M MIP student from a different school who had similar life experiences to me. And in several Skype sessions, we were able to um, discuss issues that came up in our experience of ministry inquiry. And um, it was just really powerful to be able to talk um, about the summer with someone and what ministry means in our lives. Um, I wish I had more time to tell you all of the stories that I have from the summer and connecting with people. And I would have told some more in more detail, but I felt that it was important to brush on a lot of different experiences. And I couldn't pick just one to go into depth on. Um, I met so many people who impacted my thinking, challenged my assumptions, and taught me things. And if you choose to do MIP, I hope that this is an experience you also have. Ministry inquiry puts you out of your comfort zone in a lot of ways, and the best way that it does that is by introducing you to people. So we're skipping the song. Just calm down. It'll be okay. We're trying to get you out of here on time. Um, I'm already off script. This is going to be fun. So kind of like what Eli was just saying here at the end is this is not really an ideal place to talk about any of these programs um, because we only have about five minutes and I'm trying to keep time. Um, so if you have interest in them, I would encourage you to go and talk to any of us. And hopefully other people in those programs agree. If not, they'll just send you away. But um, it helps to get a more full sense of what we do in all of these programs. So I'm Peter, and I'm a fourth year music and Bible and religion major, and I have a Spanish minor. Um, and this summer, I spent my time in Hartford, Connecticut at the Hartford Catholic Worker. And if you don't know a lot about the Catholic Worker movement, then I would encourage you to go and look that up because it's pretty interesting. But the Catholic Worker House in Hartford, the main work that it does is with a kids program where kids from the neighborhood come to the Catholic Worker House every day and they have the opportunity during the school year to get help with homework and things like that. 
but mostly it is about creating a safe space and safe environment for them to play in and for them to interact with adults and volunteers and other people who really care about them a lot. And that's pretty important um, for the neighborhood in Hartford and the kids who are living there because of the context that they're in. Hartford, Connecticut is one of the most racially segregated cities in the US today. So much so that when we took kids out of the North End, which is what the neighborhood is known as, they would ask us where all these white people came from. Um, there's a very clear line, there's actually a bridge where you are entering the North End and there are about 11 white people who live in the North End, five of whom are at the Hartford Catholic Worker. And the rest are um, people of color and West Hartford, which is full of multi-million dollar mansions, has almost no people of color. Um, <clears throat> so in the North End, there are an, there's an immense amount of systemic injustice that is felt most significantly by the families and kids who are living there. Most people in the North End don't have access to proper education, to proper nutrition, to proper health care, to proper housing infrastructure, and that list goes on and on and on, and you can come and ask me for specific examples. Um, the systemic injustice that the kids at the Catholic Worker House deal with manifest themselves in very real forms of violence. So what the Hartford Catholic Worker seeks to do is offer an alternative space to that violence. What that means is that the primary goal of the people who are living there and working there is to show the kids that come how much we love them and how much we respect them, as well as trying to foster a community instead of the violence that is caused by the social and the political and the economic systems of oppression that we can very easily and are very easily part of. One person that, well, I got to know a lot of people during my time in Hartford, but one that I'm going to highlight today um, was a nine-year-old boy who was primarily went by the name of Santa, like the Christmas guy. Um, it's not his real name, but I can't remember how he chose that nickname. Anyway, um, so Santa can instantly tell you the difference when you hear a loud crack or bang in Hartford, he can tell you whether that was a gunshot or a firework. And he, like many of the kids in Hartford, has first-hand experience with the difference. He also really loves playing with the dollhouse, and he loves swinging, and he loves showing off in basketball. And I'm terrible at sports, so I have no idea if he's actually good or not. But um, he showed me a lot of tricks, I guess, or moves. Um, so there is a lot of complexity that is within each of these kids, particularly in this context. Many of them have seen family members killed or injured in front of them. Um, and many of them, well, all of them are living in this neighborhood and this context where that violence is all too common and all too real. And they also, um, well, they have been forced because of this to grow up at an extraordinarily unhealthy rate. And at the same time, they are still kids who are nine years old or four years old or 16 years old. And that innocence and that curiosity and that beauty and love of life really comes through in amazing ways. Um, so 
I spent a lot of time specifically with Santa this summer and began to kind of see through this complexity that neighborhoods like the North End do not really need white folks to go there, to be there even. <laughs> the beauty and the strength and the power that is within these neighborhoods is long established and it's already there, it already exists, and it doesn't really need us there to notice it for it to exist. But I think that there is value in recognizing that beauty and that strength and that power because it sets us on a path towards genuine desire for the liberation of all peoples, especially from oppression that we have a hand in causing. It's just one step on that path, and in no way does it get us there, but I think it is significant, nevertheless. I personally love the kids in the North End a great deal, and even though I am often worried for them, and even though I'm often extremely angry or extremely sad at the things I see around me that I know contribute to the systems of oppression, and those things are present here in Goshen, and even though I dread the possibility that I will get a phone call saying that they have become another statistic in the black lives that are lost this year, I have also seen the power and the grace and the strength that, was, that is within them. And I know that they will not be denied their humanity, that they are already destroying the oppressive forces that are against them, and that their lives matter. Thank you. song here together before we go, and I'd like to invite you all to stand and sing with me. Um, I also just want to thank you all for joining us this morning. If any of you are interested in applying for the inquiry programs for next year, those applications are available online. If you have questions, like Peter said, you can come talk to any of us who participated. You can ask Bob your questions, and there should be announcements in the communicator and posters up around campus also. Um, we're going to sing one more song. This is a song that we sang a lot at the camp where I was this summer, and it incidentally was written by a Goshen graduate who also participated in inquiry programs during his time at Goshen.